Well, welcome to the Payroll Insights Podcast again. I'm Steve Bogner here with Nina Scott again. Hey, Nina. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Easing can you believe fall. summer's over? Yeah, I was saying, can you believe summer's over? Yeah, I know. No, I didn't want summer <laughs> to end. I didn't want summer to end. I'll have to come down there and visit sometime and, and soak up some warmth. But yeah, it's been pretty nice. But yeah, it's just, it's just the way it is. It's fall. It's starting to get cold. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I'm starting to like, you know, all the Halloween decorations are out around town. Yep. And yep. and I'm also, uh, you know, starting to think about Christmas and holidays and I'm starting to I'm do not that going whole thing. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> One at a time for me. I, I single thread holidays. That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about um, how do you know how to choose the right implementation partner? when you're putting in a new payroll system or going into a new country or having a big project like that. Um, I mean, Nina and I have both been on the implementation side of things for a long time and um, it's, it's important. I mean, having that good fit and having a partner who actually partners with you, right? It's a big deal. Um, and it's, it seems like sometimes you just get lucky, right? Um, and other times you don't get lucky. And I think that it's not so much luck, but I think you can do some things up front to sort of uh, filter out the bad fits, right? And uh, sort of like a match.com for implementation partners. And I think that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And actually there is a site that's somewhat like that that I'll share. Um, but yeah, getting that right partner is, is important because gosh, when, you, when you're doing a project like this, they're always complicated. You have, you know, ups and downs and you have stressful times and you have times where you think you're okay, but you're not really. And, you know, how do you find an implementation partner that can really be there with you and for you as, as you go through it? So that's what we're talking about today. Um, and Nina, as, as tradition uh, speaks, I'll turn it over to you and you can get us started. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on the very most important thing is the concept of partnership. Um, it should not be the them us. And if you're getting yeah. that feel from the very beginning about them us, it's the wrong partnership. Okay. We yeah. should not be on opposite sides of the table. We should be at the table altogether. And I'm not saying kumbaya. I'm not saying that at all, you know, because sometimes there has to be hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's going to be oopsies on both sides of the house, but you yeah. want to be able to go, I want this person in the trenches with me. Um, and so you're looking for that partnership and it's the relationship. And it's funny, like how you said about match.com, not that I've ever done a dating webbing, uh, you know, dating yeah. site, but it's the same concept, you know, don't be afraid that you know, it's about the people too. It's not just mm -hmm. the company, it's the people. And so if the match doesn't fit quickly and swiftly deal with it, yeah. do not put up with something as, as a customer that is mm -hmm. not the right fit. Don't doubt yourself True. because it's, you know, they might be the right fit for somebody else, but it's not the right fit for yeah. you. It, it's a date, or, not a marriage, right? It's a day. Yes. Just call it. So, so, you know, call it and move on. Don't don't suffer because yeah. when it is the right partnership, it it will be amazing. 
okay, you will end up with the best product. You will be able to have, as I always say, those intellectual argument conversations about I want this and the vendor or the, the implementer is going, yeah, maybe not. I want you to think about it. And there's enough respect at the table that both sides can talk it through and talk about the pros and cons and make mm -hmm. jointly together the best decision. It will also get you through the oopsies because it happens. Life happens. Yep. And, um, and I think back to a particular implementation where there was an oopsie. And I remember where the, the, the implementer came to me and said, we did this and we need to roll it back and we've lost three days in, in a build. And they explained it to me. And I remember mm -hmm. sitting on the phone with kind of my counterpart and putting him through the paces, not reaming him out or angry, but putting him through the paces so that we figured out what the root cause was so we mm -hmm. didn't do it again in the next build. And then when we got on the call, we figured out what we're going to do to solve the problem. And then when we got on the call, I actually represented the problem. I didn't even make the implementer mm -hmm. represent the problem because we were together. We said, okay, guys, as a group, this is where we're at and this is what's going on. It's okay. We're going to, you know, we were able to all in together and rally mm -hmm. together to solve the problem. But it was the mutual respect that it wasn't finger pointing, but that took time to have that partnership. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, how do we, how, do, how would a customer find a partner like that up front? You know, I, I have some ideas on it's that. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I always tell customers is network with other firms that have used the partners you're looking at, right? It's, it's so, it's so simple, right? Um, have them give you some references or depending on the industry, there might be a user group that you can go to and you can talk to the user group and see and, and just contact them. And sometimes you don't get a response, right? Um, not getting a response to me means either that the company just doesn't give references, which there are those, or it was a bad implementation. So take that for what it's worth. But when you find someone willing to talk with you and engage with you, just have the conversation and talk about, you know, how did it go? Like you say, Nina, how did you handle the oopsies? Because every project has some oopsies. Um, how was the communication? Did they staff the project with experienced resources appropriately? Um, how did you handle, um, you know, change orders? Because change orders come up, right? Um, mm -hmm. Network. Um, and I don't know why, but I don't see a whole lot of customers doing that. And it's, it's really unfortunate. And don't rely on the references that the implementer provides. You really need to search them yeah. out because of course they're going to, to be perfectly honest with you, they're going to find the ones that give them good references. Let's be honest in some of mm -hmm. these contracts, it's actually written that you give a good reference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your best uh, best to use your networks, to your point. Use your local user groups or whomever and find the people that have have gone been there before and ask them what has worked and who are the good people. Um mm -hmm. because that makes 
all the difference in the world because yeah. you will make you will go that mile um and also you know um in different parts of the country we say things very differently okay mm -hmm. and, and and a big joke amongst my friends is in the south what is really bless your heart meat and um <laughs> <laughs> and from up north, we're like, oh, they just told me to bless my heart. I'm like, no, they didn't. <laughs> they like um, me. <laughs> right, like, no, that's not, that's not what they said. Um, so anyway, um, but listening to what people are really saying to you, because sometimes mm -hmm. they're saying it to you and you need to listen between the lines. And I sometimes think about some references and things that I actually thought people I knew really, really well they gave me feedback and I don't think I listened to it well enough to in between the lines, because again, yeah. people are trying to tell you something, but they don't want to come out and trash somebody per se. Is mm -hmm. that fair to say? Yeah. So, so you need to really listen. And it's sort of that concept of, you know, the iceberg behind underneath the water. You only mm -hmm. see the tip when people share with you and yeah. just realize that if there's something that bothers you above the tip, realize that potentially under the water, it is much mm -hmm. bigger. Yeah, so, that's true. So really look at those references because that partnership becomes super duper critical. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, you know, I really struggle because I don't do well interviewing people, but I do think it's really important that you go through those paces and you set yourself mm -hmm. up in terms of interviewing and asking for, you know, those some of those hard questions of each of the people. There's nothing wrong doing kind of oral interviews with each person on the team mm -hmm. to see if you want oh, yeah. them, not just the company. Um, and some of the things I really especially when you get to the big solutions, you get to your SAPs, you get your to your work days, it's less about the product because you purchase the product yeah. and then you purchase the implementer. Okay, because at that point, you're now working with the implementer. You need to find somebody that helps you get it into the system, um, mm -hmm. get your, your, your needs into the system. So some of the characteristics I want to be looking for besides the partnership is I want to be looking for how well are they going to educate me? Because mm -hmm. most of these implementers can easily put the system, stand the system up. Otherwise they wouldn't be in business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or they wouldn't have survived for a long mm -hmm. period of time. Okay. They can stand the solution up, but how well are they going to educate me during that stand-up process because mm -hmm. the smarter I am on the product, the more intelligent I can be in setting up requirements, the more intelligent I can be in strategic about testing, and then mm -hmm. the more intelligent I am in triaging and post-production support. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I think, you know, you can think about this and I always think about this in terms of an earnings code and understanding how it, you know, SAP is your system, but how it really works in the system, because mm -hmm. that is, that's behind the curtain in an SAP system and Workday is a little, uh, you know, more upfront, but it's a little bit behind the curtain, but still understanding 
how that's working, mm -hmm. you will benefit from that tenfold. So that education process is important because what happens is a lot of implementers say, what do you want? But you've lost the education process to tell in order to say what I want in the mm -hmm. language of the new world order of the right. new solution, because you're going to speak in terms of your old solution. So in mm -hmm. order to speak in the new language, you need the education. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that education component to me is super critical and most implementers don't necessarily build that into their plans. So mm -hmm. make sure you are really kicking the tires on that education. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the best implementers I've ever worked with, like yourself, because I've worked <laughs> with you as an implementer, are the people that have educated me, because then I yeah. can be a better partner to you. Yep. Yep. Well, and, and as a consultant, I like to work with clients who educate me. And I, I, you don't know everything. I've, I've been doing this for 25 plus years now, and I still learn new things. Um, I'm working with some really big complex customers, but still, I mean, you learn new things and that's always, that's always a good part of the partnership. Um, you know, you were talking about, uh, those things and it, and it made me realize that sometimes people just, they don't know what they need to ask about. Right? So, um, you know, you coming in, you know, vendors come in and they show you their HCM system, their payroll system, and they show you how to run a payroll and, you know, it's click this, click this and review this and, oh, how isn't that slick? Um, but what I tell people is the actual act of running your payroll, that might be 10 or 20% of your work. It's not much. I mean, it's important and it's nice to be able to click here and click there and, and whatever, but you need to ask your implementation consultant um, through the RFP process or through the interviews, you know, what do you do to, to ensure good integration with the HCM system and the finance system? Because without good integration, your payroll is going to have more issues. Um, what do you do to make sure that the inbound and the outbound interfaces work well? I mean, any company of probably, I don't know, more than a thousand employees, it's going to have some automated interfaces into and out of payroll. So, well, you know, do you just throw the data in there and, and say a prayer and hope for the best? That's not a good strategy, but that's what happens a lot. And for the outbound interfaces, you know, how do you structure those so that, you know, they can be scheduled or they can be run on demand or that they integrate well and that they give you the information you need to reconcile, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if you send a million dollars to Fidelity in, in 10,000 transactions, well, what when that interface runs, how do you know what the totals are? Does the interface give you the totals and the information that you need to do a wire transfer or to do a reconciliation or to see what rejected, all that sort of stuff? Um, talk to them about how they address compliance issues. You know, no, no payroll system meets 100% of all the compliance requirements. It's just not, not possible, right? And so how do they address those gaps? And, um, and reporting too, I mean, they might say, well, you get standard reports. Well, in a lot of systems, the standard reports pretty much suck. 
So <laughs> what are you going to do for me with reporting, right? And mm -hmm. um, so, you know, have those conversations with them because that's the that's the 80% of your project that doesn't get addressed a lot of times. So when you don't address it, the implementation consultant is likely to uh, basically pare that down to the bare minimums and say, you get the standard reports, you get one input interface, one output interface, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? And so that's not what you need. It may, maybe, but probably not. So part of this is figuring out, okay, well, what interfaces do we need? What reports do we need? Um, how do we want to do this? But put that in your RFP, but also have a conversation with your implementation consultant about it. And if they can easily talk about those things, that's a good sign, right? That's a good sign that they've been there, they've done it, they know what to do. And yeah. then you get into the project, into, into battle, right? I kind of look at it as, as a battle sometimes. When you get into battle, you've got someone that's been into battle before, right? Or with you. Yeah. And so really to me, how I'm internalizing what you're saying is you want to make sure your implementer can not only stand up your system, but they can help you operationalize your system. Yeah, exactly. They understand what it means for you to be running in operations after the fact. And so they can help guide you in that standing up of your product to help ensure that controls and and audits and the reporting and and they are giving you advice because they've been there before and that's important. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell mm -hmm. you how many people um I I have never produced a check. You know, <laughs> implementers. Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking, what? Because they they are following what they were taught. You know, mm -hmm. um, they're getting they're going through the, the you know, they're getting the education or they're they're going to do the training to become an implementer, but they're never they've never been in the trenches. So they yeah. don't know what that means. Um, and so to the thing, the things that you're talking about, you're using interfaces as an example, but where are the places that it's going to break down for me? What controls do I need to mm -hmm. put in place? What do I need to be looking for in the short term of post-production and the long term of post-production? Do I need mm -hmm. to put mechanisms in place that I, you know, depending on the system, if I have a shadow system, do I need to put controls, um, you know, I've 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 had organizations do a reverse feedback, so they get what's going in the payroll system for your HR, and I've seen them produce a file back or a sync file to ensure what was entered truly comes yeah. back, you know, and is produced yeah. on the same payroll because you need to make sure those systems are in sync. But an but an implementer won't necessarily always offer that. Um, so you want to find one that's willing through the contract process all the way through implementation and post-production helping you through that. Um, and I hate to say it, but you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know? you do. My husband um, always says to me when we get bids on things, and my husband's kind of a contractory type guy, so he always says to me, Nina, be careful about the low, lowest cost bid. And for yeah. a man who's extremely cheap, that's a very that's very telling, <laughs> um, because 
there's something to be said about that. He's always like, you don't necessarily want the highest one, but you don't always want the lowest one. You want the one in the middle because they're potentially being more realistic. They Mm -hmm. they know what's going to happen and they know that we may need to build some contingencies into this process because Mm -hmm. life and operations isn't cookie cutter. True. Well, I, I tell people that, yeah, if, if you don't put these things into your implementation plan, you're going to do them after you go live at some point, and you're going to suffer because of it. And it's always more complicated and more expensive to do these things when you're live than when you're in a project. Because when you're live, you have live change management to deal with. You have live payrolls, live interfaces. You're slower. You can change this to the process. machine slower process, making changes to the machine as it's working. It's always more complicated to do that. So um, it's it's tough though. It's tough to take the time up front to do that. Um, you need to get those details and, and, and if your implementation partner doesn't wanna provide the details or they're not comfortable talking about those details, then that's a sign, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there is a, a new company out that sort of distills a lot of these things. Uh, it's called Raven Intel, and you can look at their site. It's ravenintel.com, um, and I, I know the folks over there. And they they gather customer feedback on implementations, uh, all different types of technical platforms, and they have a they're pretty rigorous framework so that they're getting good, consistent data. And partners get you know one one star through five star reviews. Uh, you can see the customer comments. I think that that's a really valuable resource. You know, when you go in to start looking at doing an implementation or expanding your footprint or whatever you're going to do, uh, go to ravenintel.com, look up those partners, see which ones have the good reviews and which ones don't. When you see a bad review, take take a look at it because maybe you know there's some uh, mitigating circumstances there. But that's good feedback. It's the same sort of feedback you would get through networking that I talked about mm-hmm. at the beginning. And I still think that networking is good. Um, for example, if you're a big manufacturing company, you might want to network with other big manufacturing companies. When you see a five-star review from a small internet services company, well, that business is not so similar to a big manufacturing company. Totally different requirements and scale. So uh, that's another thing you want to look out for. Um, yeah, so you know, doing those things up front, it takes some time. Um, and like you said, Nina, the you know the consulting firms and and the software firms, both both of them are not likely to want to show you their dirty laundry. But right, yeah. Um, and I also would really um, talk about timeline. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is very important as well it, with the implementation partner is if they can paint, and I always use these words with people, paint the picture of what it's gonna look and feel like. Not the post go live, but the implementation process. Can they paint the picture of what the architect phase is or the design phase is gonna look like? What is the configuration phase gonna look like? What am I responsible for? Who do I have to bring to the table? Um, and you know, what is testing gonna look like? And 
don't forget, they're going to always try to, they're still salespeople, okay? They're always going to make it rosy. So you need to take mm -hmm. what they've given you and turn it up a little bit in terms of how many resources it's going to take me to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I definitely figure that out. But understand what happens during this phase. How many things are going to be required of me as a client during mm -hmm. that phase? Because it's very easy for an implementer to say, but I asked you for them all and you couldn't produce them. We're on, we're mm -hmm. delayed. Well, well, wait a second. I didn't know those things were going to be asked for me, which could be my fault because I didn't ask the question up front. But a lot of times if they can paint that picture for you and help mm -hmm. you envision the methodology in which you're going to accomplish this, you can yeah. quickly say, is my timeline accurate? Okay. Yep. Because the yep. implementer will pick a timeline in which it will take them to stand up the system. Okay. Not necessarily yeah. what it would take for you as a client to be able to respond to their needs. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's some major assumptions made. One, you have enough resources that can run on the treadmill at the speed of the implementer. Well, wait a second. Don't most of us have a day job? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and so that is not considered. So you need to really think about that up front and decide on the speed in which the treadmill is running as you're going through this implementation. They mm -hmm. don't consider they assume if they ask for a question, instantaneous gratification. Yeah. Okay. Right. I also expect it of my husband, but you know, he always says, <laughs> Nina, it's nice to want. A He's, a saint. Okay. He's a saint. <laughs> so, but you know, working with a third party to get them to build the yeah. interface isn't necessarily going to be instant gratification. We mm -hmm. need to change our policy. You, you know, let's say, let's just use changing the pay frequency. Okay. We're, we all agree that harmonizing the pay frequency is important, but what it takes to get through the, yep. um, I don't say the politics, but you know, the cultural oh, change you know, is a huge change, change yeah. to make yeah. that decision isn't mm -hmm. going to happen overnight. So are mm -hmm. you building enough time in your timeline to do that? Are you mm -hmm. building enough time in the testing time frame to truly test and learn? Okay. Because mm -hmm. don't forget when those earlier phases go over the testing time gets shorter. Okay. So are you building the it? Implementation date. <laughs> are you building it enough that it can move yeah. back in a little bit and still have enough time for all those things? Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't be afraid to say a timeline is not good for us as a client mm -hmm. because yeah. you'll hear so many times that, but everybody else does it. Everybody else does it. Well, yeah. think about how many pauses and delays. You don't want that. It's a bad mm -hmm. PR, okay? I'd rather yeah. pick the appropriate time from the beginning and pick a longer time. Yeah, you know, and this is, you're, you're getting to the to the conversation point, right? So if someone was having that conversation with me, I, I say that 
company of your size and scope typically takes 18 months from start to finish or whatever the number is. But we won't really have a good idea of if that's 18 or 24 or 12 until we get, you know, three or four months into the project, because then I'll have a better idea of, of what you're really looking for and how fast you can move. And you'll have a better idea of what you need to do from a change management perspective. And after three or four months, we'll have a much better idea of what that date is. But until then, it's like, I don't know. I think it's about 18 months, but it could be more or less. And, you know, that's the part of the culture that, um, you know, as a consultant, we have to respect from a customer because if, if we rush customers through the change process, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing to, to think about is when you're talking with your implementation partners and sort of structuring the engagement, um, you know, I've, I've just recently, the last six months or so, I had a couple of calls from people, companies in distress in their implementation because their implementation partners pushing them through the project. And they're pushing them through the project because they have time-based deliverables that trigger payments to them. So eight weeks after this, we get this payment. 16 weeks after that, we get this payment. And, you know, that's not a good way to structure your project. You want to structure it based on deliverables, right? Mm-hmm. And this deliverable, as agreed to by both of us, this this payment happens, right? Because it's the deliverables that count. And, it's, and that's just... It's 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 simple, but time-based payments are in the interest of your consulting partner, not necessarily in your interest. And even if you say, "Well, I want time-based payments so I can have the sense of urgency to get things done," don't. It's just it's not a good idea. I think it's, it's my opinion anyway. Um, you want a partner who is invested in your success. And, you know, when you're having conversations with these different consulting partners, if you get the feeling that they are invested in your success, that's a good sign. If yeah, not, it really is. Along. It is sort mm-hmm. of like dating, you know. It is. Sorry. Um, I think you said something there that um, I think is critical and I'm finding mm-hmm. is important to that dating process is that you know, a lot of times we determine the timeline before we've actually even started the project. For sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah. we really don't understand the true requirements. And um, and we're trying, it's in that sales mode and our best behavior mode. Um, and we haven't really kicked the tires. I, I'm starting mm-hmm. to personally think about this pre-planning type phase about where organizations on both sides can date a little bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then determine the appropriate time frame. Yeah. Um, because I feel like what's happening is we're setting expectations before a true understanding has been made. Potentially that mm-hmm. contracting process took longer than you expected because typically does, very, yeah. I think I, I was just in my very first contract that we got done in less than a week, which I was just like, we were all wow. like, wow, it was like a miracle. It was a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they don't <laughs> usually take that. I mean, you have your lawyers, mm-hmm. you have your TNCs, you have all this stuff 
that's being, you know, having mm -hmm. to be worked out. And that usually takes longer than you expect. And what does that immediately do? It puts you behind the timeline to begin with. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm starting to say to organizations that maybe it's important just to contract for that little beginning time mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe even start your requirements decide, you know, yeah. figure out where those harmonization items that are going to be that are going to take a long time that develop your time frame that do those things. Because from a PR perspective, you get two to three months into a project, most people know if the timeline is going to work or not. Pretty much. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you had set that timeline two to three months before, you now need to change it and course adjust it. It's mm -hmm. a better storyline that says, we're going to take two to three months, get our requirements. To, it's not like you're losing wor work, you know, like time mm -hmm. in creating more work. You're just saying, let us vet really what's going to happen. Yeah. And identify the appropriate timeline. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always thought, Nina, that there's a certain amount of work that you have to get done for a, success for a successful implementation. You start at A, you finish at B, in between is this amount of work. And the amount of work doesn't really change. How you attack it and, and approach it changes it, and the pace at which you work through it changes. But you know, you have this, this amount of work to get through for a quality implementation. And you know, if you start late, something's got to give. Um, if you, you know, if you come up with issues, something's got to give. Um, and you Ding want that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want an implementation partner who can flex with you on that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so so doing that up front, I, li I like what you said about having just a, a few months engagement up front. Also, you, you know, you can get a third party consultant to come in and help you mm -hmm. sort of manage uh, that relationship, and and um, that that's helped too. Now, the implementation consultants don't like that. Um, they do they not really don't. The software partners don't like that um, because uh, <laughs> it's just not good for them, but it's good for the customer. And and I'm all for what's good for the customer because if it's good for my customers, mm -hmm. it's going to be good for me. Um, all, it gets you a better quality business, product. Yeah, all my all of my best business has come from referrals and from speaking at conferences where people can really see and understand and hear what I know. Um, and a successful consultancy, I don't care how small or big you are, if the, if they're getting good referrals, that's a good indicator of, of their success. So yeah. I think we've given a lot of good information here for people to get started, right? I mean, have we left anything out? I don't know. I, I don't think, I'm sure I'll think of something later because- For sure. You know, yeah. but hey, you know what? We could have another podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I think we've talked about a lot of things today, um, and it's really about the network. I mean, it's really about that yeah. network. It's really about that partnership and and getting below the sales process yep. to um, really get at the implementation partner because they can become your new BFF. For sure. They can be your worst mm -hmm. enemy, okay? Yep. And yep. you want to go in that they're your BFF. Yep, exactly. Because that is the better way um, to, to get the ultimate solution. Um, and yeah. you'll figure that out, so. Yeah, yeah, it takes some effort. So anyway, um, 
any good feedback from customers or listeners or any bad feedback. I mean, if you don't, if you don't like my Midwestern accent, let me know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, Nina enjoyed this immensely as always. Um, we'll uh, be back in a couple of weeks with another exciting topic in the area of payroll for all the awesome. payroll geeks. You know, I use that hashtag payroll geeks because it's cheeky, but also, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a payroll geek. It is so true. And it's the same around the world. I actually was talking to a gentleman from the UK and I said, yeah, it sounds like you're a payroll geek. And he's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's the same around the world. Where that payroll geek flag. I'm going to get a flag with payroll geek there flag. There you go. A flag flag. All right. Well, thank you Thanks, so Nina. much, Steve, for having me. This was awesome. A little fun yep. for me as well. Um, you know, um, and very timely as I go through different projects that I'm working on. So thank you very much. Yep, you're welcome.